0: buddy What's that? Just give y'all a minute to get settled. We have some gifts back there for the ladies and if you don't have children, you're a lady. So there's plenty back there. There's some dishcloths. JR, when you said dishcloths it made me laugh. <laughs> So you can remember your mama wiping your face with a dishcloth. um, There's some dishcloths with a rose and a bookmark, and then there's some other gifts back there. So if you can just take one a piece, please. If we run out of gifts, I I am a um, compulsive knitter, and I can knit more dishcloths for everybody. So there should be enough for everybody to take one a piece. Women, you're women of influence, whether you have children or not, whether you realize it or not. Every woman in here influences somebody else. It's what God has put inside of us as a nurturing, nurturing um, attribute. It's probably safe to say most mothers. Now, I want to address moms. Most mothers, and it's safe to say with the age of the crowd in here, that our children are grown and they're not tiny anymore. Now we're grandmoms, great-grandmoms. I don't know if we have any great-greats, but all of our children are grown. And I just speak from me being a mother. I've got a 20, almost 27-year-old and a 38-year-old. And I think about both of them at least once a day. And how many of you mothers can verify that you think about your grown children at least once a day? I mean, I, I think there there isn't a mother, unless you're like so far out there, I don't think there's a mother alive that doesn't think of their grown children at least once a day. And there's nothing closer to a woman's heart than their children. You see that little baby come out of you and it's like wow this is they're really something you know they're really they're really something and and you're captivated from the time their birth you can the day of their birthday I bet you that all of you are thinking about that labor and and what you had to go through but at that moment that you finally get them in your arms you can never forget it it's just so indelibly marked inside of a mom Christian mothers may be doubly worried about their children's well-being and their eternal salvation. There's an extra thing in there. For, for We all want our children to do good. We all want them to be happy and healthy. And it can be nearly an obsession for women whose children were raised in a Christian home, and then they later reject the faith and follow a different lifestyle. I know for me both of my children right now they don't serve God they don't they don't care about God and I know many in your in this church probably the same way as your kids just they've rejected it and there there's nothing that you can say at this point because you've had your time to impart and now it's time to pray and let them um you know let them come to the Lord I didn't come to the Lord till I was 32, so I had already, the damage had been done for my son. And I wasn't like no raging anything. I was normal. I was a single mom at that point, raising as best I could. So I, I get the single mom thing. I get, you know, raising them. I, I get a lot of different things. And the other thing I get is about the mother beating themselves up continuously over what you did or did not do when your child was small. And that's what I want to talk to you today about because a lot of women, you know, your your children may be in prison, your children may be on drugs, your children may be doing things that you know are going to bring certain destruction to them. And as their mom... Even if your children are just not serving God as a mom. And I think if we talk to several of you in here, you can verify that you take personal responsibility for the way your children turned out. Because after all, you're their mom. And you always hear when something goes wrong with a child, what do they say? They go, well, where were the parents? And I want you to feel at ease with that. Because your children have a free will, just like you have a free will. And a lot of times, because we're mothers and we're nurturers and we have done everything that we can and that child goes astray, we still take it very personally. Amen? Can anybody say amen? I used to hate Mother's Day because, you know, my son... I had to have a restraining order against him. He threatened to kill me when he was eighteen. You know, my daughter just reject totally rejected Christ after being a Sunday school teacher and teaching on creationism. So, you know, Mother's Day, you'd sit in church and they go, and let's have all the moms stand up and it's like, you know what, I, I don't wanna play that, I don't wanna do that, I only wanna be here except for I've gotta go down to children's church after and teach, so I have to show up. So Mother's Day can be very difficult for a lot of mothers. You know, a lot of them maybe stayed home today rather than try to face what was happening with with their children. And it's it's a difficult time. I mean, they pass out flowers and it'd be like somebody who lost their child. And it's like, you know, not today, folks. But I want you to remind you, if, you're, if your children are way out there, you know, Adam and Eve had the perfect parent, and, and they still rebelled. It's free will. It's their free will. And you have to, as the mother, separate yourself from your child because you can't make their decisions. My mom and dad couldn't make decisions for me. It was probably a good thing because I grew up very dysfunctional. My dad was an alcoholic, and, you know, there was there was incest. There was all kinds of things in my family that were very bad. And my dad used to say, well, do as I say and not as I do. And that, for him, was very wise advice, <laughs> you know. But I didn't have a good training when I was a child. I didn't until I got into to being born again. And I started to have the other mothers in the church and the other people in the church would mentor me and and bring me along and and help me. That's when I started to get some relief from from my past and my things. So anyways, that's a little bit about my background. But I I just want to remind you that even though there's perfect parents, we still have free will and your children have free will. So be released this morning if you came in with heaviness because your son or your daughter isn't talking to you. I mean, you know, my son isn't talking to me. I voted for Donald Trump, and I'm proud of it, okay? Uh, <laughs> and my in my son's eyes, you know, I'm complicit for the downhill, you know, spiral of this country. I had no choice but to finally cut the communication, which isn't the first time that I've had to cut communication with him. Because if you're not going to respect, I don't make a good victim, okay? I am i don't, if somebody's going to punch me, I'm going to punch first. I'm not one that's going to, I, I had a husband once who slapped me, and he was 6'3", and I picked him up. And I pushed him against the refrigerator and I said, if you ever do that again, you're not going to, you better sleep with your eyes open because I'm going to take a knife and kill you. (laughs) So I'm not anybody's victim. And I'm not going to let a kid rule my emotions. And see, you have to get out of the victimhood. Yes, they're your children, but yes, they also have a free will too. So, and then you have to remember other children like Franklin Graham. He rebelled for a season, he came back, and now he's serving God. So, stomp on the devil's head for that. And remember that the devil will always pre- project your children's damnation and lostness, and God is preparing, busy preparing for their salvation. It's all a picture of what you believe and what you can. If you're going to cry for your children all the time because they're not saved and you're going to be walking around and depressed and, you know, you're going to try to, oh, just sit and listen to the program with me and stuff, you're not going to win them. You're going to push them farther away. It's going to take the faith and standing in the gap for your kids no matter what you see. And my husband has helped me with this because his dad and mom didn't see their children saved. They they. Children grew up, Clarence's dad was an evangelist, I'm trying to condense the story, and um, they had several children, and Clarence was the, was the goody two-shoes, I guess, <laughs> and he always followed his dad and did tent revivals with him, and the other ones didn't follow Christ, and his dad always believed for them, and they they fell away, and his dad died, but he didn't receive the promise of his children's salvation, But after the dad's death, one by one, these kids started to come in to the kingdom. So your prayers precede you. Your prayers, you probably, when we get to heaven, we're going to find out who prayed for us. I mean, honestly, with my family background, I don't know anybody in my family who prayed. And that song was so foreign, it was beautiful. You know, if I could hear my mother praying again, and I'm sitting there thinking, Lord, if I could only have heard my mother pray just one time. So we've all come from different places and different backgrounds. But it says in Psalm one twenty seven three, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. Some of our kids we'd like to take them and go, oh, you know, how'd you come out of me? You don't even you don't even act like you're right or anything. <laughs> you know? But they're a reward. God made them with a purpose and a plan. And I want to read to you in Exodus. If you could turn there, if you brought your Bibles, if not, don't worry about it. I'll read to you. But in Exodus 1, verse 8. Now, in Genesis, we ended up in Genesis with Joseph saved Egypt from the famine. Okay, I can kind of give you a little background. He saved He saved Egypt from the background. Joseph was thrown in a pit. He was in prison. He kept a good attitude through everything. But anyways, and so they had come out. They were in Egypt, and now we have a new new head of state. Now there arose a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. And he said unto his people, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we." Come, and let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply, and it come to pass that when there falleth out any war, they also join our enemies and fight against us, so get them up out of the land. All right, they came out of Egypt with 70 people, and now they're over a million. I mean, that is multiplying. And Pharaoh was concerned. Therefore, they did set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens, and they built for Pharaoh treasure cities, Pithom and Ramses, But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. And they were grieved because of the children of Israel. And the Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve with rigor. And they made their lives bitter with hard bondage in the mortar and in the brick and in all manner of service in the field. All their service wherein they made them serve was with hard labor. And the king of Egypt spoke unto the Hebrew midwives, of which the name of one was Shiphrah and the name of the other Pua. And he said... When you do the office of midwife to the Hebrew women and see them upon the stools, if it be a son, then you shall kill him, but if it be a daughter, then she shall live. Ironically, I just read a story that 71 million Chinese men can't find wives because of abortion because in China it's not cool to be a a girl baby. So they've killed the, the babies, and now the guys have grown up and there's no wives. So this is the other way around is they wanted to kill a son. Why? Because sons go to battle. Sons go to war. Okay? And if you go, well, women can go to war too. Yeah, all right. But we're back in Egypt times. And they were afraid of the sons. They were stronger. They were the ones that went out and they fought for battles. But the midwives feared God, and they did not as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the men children alive. You know why they did that? It's because the heart of a mother. I mean, you see a baby. The baby is helpless. And so God, the hearts of these women, they said, we're not killing these babies. We're not going to do it. But the midwives feared God and did not as the king commanded them and saved the the men child alive. And the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said unto them, Why have you done this thing and have saved the men child alive? And the midwives said unto Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not as the Egyptian women, for they are lively, and they are delivered ere the midwives come come in unto them. Therefore God dealt well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and waxed very mighty. And it came to pass, because the midwives feared God, that he made them houses. And Pharaoh charged all his people, saying, Every son that is born ye shall cast in the river, and every daughter shall you save alive. Tragic, tragic times. Now, the, the thing about the Hebrews is they already had a victim mentality. They could have already well risen up because as Pharaoh was afraid of them, but it was in their mind that they were imprisoned. See, your, your children may not even be in a physical prison, but they might be imprisoned by a lifestyle. So there's all kinds of imprisonment. But he said, Every son shall be cast into the river and every daughter shall you save alive. Chapter 2. And there went a man of the house of Levi and took to a wife, a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son. And when she saw that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. And when she could no longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein. And she laid it in the flags by the river's brink. This is what we have to do with our children. Instead of letting the Hebrew the, the Hebrew babies were thrown into the river, and they drowned. And one woman looked at that river, and she saw salvation. She said, I can put that baby in the river, but I'm going to build an ark for him, and I'm going to protect him. And ladies, we have to let our children go, just like Jacob had to let this child go. She built an ark for him. For us to build an ark for our children is to build an ark of prayer. For our children. And then we have to release them. Imagine releasing a baby. A three month old. I mean they're tiny still. They can't do anything for themselves. And imagine putting a baby. Into an ark. And pushing that baby. Out into the river. Just think about it for a minute. What great faith it takes. And she did that. I mean it was by the. Function of the Holy Ghost, for sure. And we don't know. There's not any other stories about what happened to the other baby boys. If there were other mothers that tried to save them, I'm sure there were other, other attempts to save their babies. I mean, I don't know. I didn't do any research to know how many baby boys died during that period. But just imagine putting your three-month-old baby in a boat on a river and pushing it away. And yet this morning, that's what the Holy Spirit is asking you to do with your adult children, is put them in the ark of prayer and push them away. And then trust God to bring them to safety. Because, yes, she pushed them away. But what happened? God was watching all that time. God directed that little ark. And his sister stood afar off to wait what would be done with him and the daughter of pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river and her maidens walked along by the river's side and when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent it to her maid to fetch it and while she had opened it she saw the child and behold the baby wept and she had compassion on him and said this is one of the hebrew's children see i mean it was risky she could have killed him and just tossed him in the river at that point but she had compassion on him god had set everything up God is setting things up for your children, and you may not even see it in this lifetime. But if you dare to step out and you believe for your children, I don't care what they're doing. I don't care where they are. If you just believe God to put them in that ark and push them away, let God direct their path. Stop trying to be the Holy Spirit, Mom. There is a Holy Spirit, and He is more than capable. Every day I pray and say, God, you love these children more than I do. How do I know that? Because God's got greater love. We just have human love. Our human love runs out sometimes. We'd really like to take that child and give them a what for and why. And, you know, and when we were grown up, we maybe weren't so great ourselves either in doing things. So she had compassion. And then his sister, to then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women that she may nurse the child for thee? I bet you the devil was really mad at that. His own mama got him back, didn't he? So guess what? You push your kids out. God bring them back. But you got to push them out and have the faith to believe you know that's where I Clarence and I are going to be married for 4 years at the end of this month and I I it's been a quite a journey for us and one of the things I've learned from him was I because I was in such despair over my children I mean my son dresses in black he's got the black fingernails I mean he is he is really out there he's one of those social justice warriors and my daughter she's not too far behind although she's a little more reasonable and she holds a job and makes me proud in, in ways. Yes, she does. And she's she's cute and she's nice. And my son is just not, okay? And it's not been for a long time. And this is where Clarence helped me to just look by faith. He says, you have to look by faith. You have to let this stuff go. You can't go in the past. You can't go back. And it's helped me so much tremendously over these last four years to get over the anxiety and the stress of my children and you can let them go and trust God. I can have joy now because it was like, well, how can I have so much joy when my kids are such a mess? You know, the biggest thing that you can do for children that are outside of the confines of Christianity is have joy and enjoy your life. And that seems it it goes against everything that a mother would want to do When their children are in distress, that goes against everything. But it's the way that God wants us to live. He wants us to have joy. He wants us to have peace. That you're not up all night crying over your children, time and time again. He wants you to be released from that. You know why? Because if you release them in the ark, then God's got that. He's got it. All you need to do is just shore up in prayer. Every time you feel anxiety and stress over your children, just say, Jesus, I thank you that you've got this child under your protection. I thank you that you have the greater good for this child. You know, I was so disappointed with with some of the things some of the decisions that my daughter made and she didn't graduate college and she didn't do things that I had hoped for her. And I was sitting at my church just saying, oh, she didn't do this and that. And then this grandmother came in, and her family is a real, um, she's got like, you know, everybody's a drug addict and stuff. And she goes, well, at least she's not a drug addict, and she's not this or that. And it kind of like woke me up, like saying, yeah, okay, Lord, I am just gonna be happy where she's at, and at least we're talking, you know. So we have to get over our expectations for our children our disappointments you know what we wanted for our children it's not about us moms we've done our part we birthed them right and i'm so glad to see so many children here with their parents because it means a lot it means a lot that you would come and 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 sit with your mom and and You know, you may just be sitting there thinking, I wish that whoever that speaker is would just shut up so we can go eat. (laughs) (laughs) And if you're thinking that, I apologize, but, you know, this is, you knew what you came in for. You know, you not only just have to sit and listen, we won't be too much longer. You know, Jochim had had to watch that ark go down the river seemingly unprotected, and yet it was the hand of God that was right on that child. You have to, by faith, first of all, take those negative pictures in your mind. I don't care if they are in jail. I don't care if they are an addict. I don't care if they're prostituting themselves. You have to take the picture that the devil is painting about their future and about their expected end. You have to take that picture, and you have to take a mental No, and rip it up. And then you have to ask God for a fresh picture in your mind of your child and your child's eternity. They don't, because I know, because I was harassed for years with my children screaming from hell for me. And I bet you if I talked to some of you, you would have that same picture because the devil doesn't have anything new, he's just got old tricks that he tries on all of us. And we're suckers enough because we don't have thousands of years of experience, so we just fall for the same thing. He doesn't have to come up with anything new. So if you've got those pictures or your your children getting you know, horribly hurt and, and going to hell and, and being separated, if you've got those pictures, you've got to rip them up and say, I'm not going to think like that anymore. And you've got to get on the you've got to get on the offense, stop being on the defense with your kids. get on the offense in prayer and say, "No, my child will serve the Lord. If your child went to Sunday school, they've got that incorruptible seed of the word on the inside of them. If your child lives in America, they've heard scripture. The incorruptible seed. Let's see what he says about it in 1 Peter. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. And I believe that incorruptible seed follows people that when they die, if they choose not to to be born again, that that incorruptible seed is what brings damnation to them. But while we're alive, that incorruptible seed brings life to them. It says, Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. And I pray every day that that incorruptible seed that I have planted in my children, that God would stir it up and bring it to their remembrance. It's incorruptible. It hasn't died. It's still in their spirit. That seed is still in their spirit. It doesn't die. It doesn't go anywhere. And now we've got to water it. Now we've got to trust God to make it grow. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man is as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. That ought to make you sigh relief. If your children are outside of the confines of the kingdom, the word of the Lord endureth forever. It's still there, moms. It's still there. And this is the word by which the gospel is preached unto you. That incorruptible seed of the word is inside of your child. Don't pray for them to be blessed or cursed. Pray for that incorruptible seed to bring a conviction in their heart. That they would be led back to God. That they would serve the Lord all the remaining days of their lives. Not for you, but for them. Because that's the best thing for them. You know, I know, because I tried 32 years on my own, and it didn't work too good. So I know I know how it works when you're not in the confines of the kingdom. Some of you were blessed to be raised up in Christianity, and you didn't stray. Some of you were raised up, and you strayed because you got confused, and you thought, well, maybe it's better, the grass is greener on the other side, and now pride is keeping you from coming back in, because, well, I don't want them to, you know, what are they going to think? Well, what, who cares what anybody thinks? It's what God thinks that's important. You know, when you stand before God, and each one of us are going to stand before God, when you stand before God, it's not going to be what the church thought of you or what other people think of you or what your mom and dad thought of you. or It's just going to be you and God, and he's going to lay out everything that's been inside of you. He's going to lay it out before you, and there's no defense. So don't let pride keep you out of the kingdom again. I hope this is blessing you on Mother's Day, because it's blessing me. This is a wonderful church. All right, anyways, it's time to fully trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on to your own understanding for your children. Trust in God. He will, all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Behold, it says in Isaiah 59, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither is ear heavy that it cannot hear. How much do you trust God with your children? And think about this. God trusted you to be their mother. How much faith did God have in you? And then you want to say, well, God, I really blew it. I really blew it. No, you didn't. You didn't blow it. And if you did blow it, that's all right. It's in the past. Dust it off. If you have to go to your children because you've really offended them and you know that you raised them wrong or whatever, apologize. I I went to my son and I apologized back, I don't know, he was maybe 22. And I said, I'm sorry for anything that I've done growing up that's offended you. You know, we look at our parents sometimes and we judge. And they've got tools in their hands Sometimes all they have is a screwdriver when they needed a hammer. Have you ever tried to put a nail in with a screwdriver? It's like trying to parent with the tools that you just don't have. So sometimes as parents, all we've got are screwdrivers in our hand. And what we needed was a hammer. So I went and I apologized to my son. I'm sorry for anything. If I've offended you anyways, you know, I I didn't intend to... Hurt your feelings. I didn't intend to crush your spirit. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Because that wasn't my intention at the time. And then don't offer any excuses. Because then that's like you're trying to somehow make it better with an excuse. Sometimes we have no excuse. We just did a hideous thing. We had a screwdriver. We needed a hammer. And they don't understand that sometimes. And, you know... But offer a, a sincere apology to your child and say, I'm really sorry if I've offended you. I did not mean to do it. Whether they accept the apology, that's on them. You've done it sincerely. And now, don't let that child continue to bring things up. Because my son would continue. he would. I wouldn't hear from him like for a year, and then I'd get this nice email, you know, I got a gerbil, I got this and that, and he goes, but you, right in the middle of the email, but you, you know, and it would be like, well, no, we've already, I've already apologized for this, and I'm not going to be whipped over this again because I've already done this. And see, a lot of us, when we get to that middle of the email, and it goes, but you, and we take it. You know, we take it from our kids because we feel so guilty and, oh, man, if I only let him join the baseball team. If I only just didn't say that to her, her whole life would be different. And that's not true. So we need to get over, once we have sincerely apologized, then don't let your children come back at you and use it as a weapon and you may have to give yourself some space and you may have to i told clarence one of the things that we need to teach in this church is boundaries so that you know what a reasonable boundary is you know when it's okay to say no to your kids you know for some of you that might be a revelation you know no i can't do that you know no i can't give you money my son had gone down he had He had been so successful in making our home life miserable. I mean, he was lighting fires in the backyard. I just couldn't handle him. He was breaking things, stealing things. I couldn't handle him anymore. And he wanted to go live with his dad. And he was 15, and I knew that was going to be, in the long run, probably worse for him, which proved out. But in the short term, it would have been better for us because it was just our our home life. There was no structure to it, and I had a four-year-old daughter at the time. And um, so he went to live with his dad, and I said, if you go live with your dad, you cannot come back in six months. Because you all know the story. I mean, kids think that the other parent is better, and then they go live with them, and they find out that the other parent really isn't that better, that they had it better in the first place. And they shouldn't have probably made things so miserable, but so he wanted to come back in six months, and I said, "No, I'm sorry, you can't come back." So when he turned eighteen, he goes, "Well, I left my dad's house, his dad lived in Connecticut, and we lived in Massachusetts. He goes, "I left my dad's house and I'm coming back up to live with you in Pittsfield." And I said, "Well, here are my rules. You can't have satanic music in the house. you have to have a curfew, you have to participate." In the chores, and he goes, "Well, I can't do that?" and I said, "Well, then you can't live here and It was a very difficult decision my My son was homeless in the city that's when he threatened to kill me. You know it was very hard because he was dressing in black at the time, and this was nineteen ninety nine he was dressing in, and I would drive by and see him, and it would be extremely difficult, but you have to set boundaries. I mean, what would have happened to my home having that come back in? I would have had fires lit in my backyard. I would have things broken. I would have had things stolen. I would have had total chaos. Sometimes you have to say no to that. Amen? You know, and I'm sure you've got stories yourself to tell about that. You have to let it go, and you have to trust God that God is going to take care of it somehow, some way. I mean, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I do know that I can have confidence in the fact that I pray for both of my children every day, that God would send a conviction of the Holy Spirit on the inside of them. And so I can enjoy my life. I love my life in Aubrey, Texas. I really do. I enjoy it. And and if you've never lived anywhere else, you think, oh, you know, what's so great about this area? But it's a great area. It's wonderful. And I can enjoy my life. And when I put my head down on the pillow at night, I'm not tormented with thoughts of my children crying out from hell and screaming. Because I trust in the Lord with all my heart. I'm not leaning on my own understanding. I don't know how it's going to get done. Mom, stop trying to figure out how it's going to get done. Just know that if you put your faith in God, it'll get done. You know, it says in Numbers twenty-three nineteen, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he said and has he not, and shall he not do it, or has he spoken and shall he not make it good? Okay, so we've already apologized. And then remember, your children have a free will. They're adults. safe to say most of your children are adults at this point. They have free will. So you know what? I got the privilege for 15 years. I got to minister. Well, actually, I was reminded when I actually did the math tally, it was probably more like 20-something years. I got to stay in children's ministry. And not only was that a redemption for things in my childhood, because I got to play and I got to do things with the kids, but I also got to be a spiritual mama to a lot of children. If your kids reject you and they don't want nothing to do with you, just take your mother instincts and put them in somebody else. Mother somebody else's children. Because there's a lot of children out there that need mothering, that need direction and i have a lot of wonderful 40 something friends that i'm i'm like a mama to them because they were younger they they were young adults and now their kids are are getting older and they call for advice or they they text for prayers and then i've got younger even like 20 something kids that i got to be a mama to when my kids were rejecting me so god will give you an outlet for all that nurturing moms And when you sow that nurturing, then you can be sure that you're going to reap it, that God is going to send somebody to nurture your son and your daughter and speak to your son and your daughter the things of the kingdom. So be steadfast. Don't waver. And this morning we're going to pray for a release. If your heart is heavy because you didn't even want to come today because it was Mother's Day. You know we're we're gonna pray for a release of that 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 you can release that it says in here it says in second in first Thessalonians rejoice evermore that's a command rejoice evermore. Why can we rejoice because we know that God's got it under control, and we don't pray without ceasing. There's the prayer. When you start to get upset and you start thinking about your children and you start thinking the thoughts that the enemy wants you to think, just start praying. Pray in the Spirit. Just start praying in the Spirit. If you can't think of an English thing. I was looking up for scriptures for mothers to pray. And I said, you know what? It's such a personal thing. You find your own scriptures to pray for your kids. Because each, each situation is different. I got the revelation of that incorruptible seed and I know that that's a safe thing for me. And I pray other scriptures for my children, you know, that the care will be rolled up that that the care of them would be rolled upon the Lord. In everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Lord, I thank you for those two children. You know, give thanks. Even if they're not talking to you and they're acting terrible, give thanks for them. Quench not the spirit, despise not prophesying, prove all things, hold fast that which is good, abstain from all appearance of evil, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. (coughs) Faithful is he that calleth you who will also do it. He is faithful. So moms, if you're coming in this morning and you're heavy because it's Mother's Day, we're gonna pray for you. And we just thank God for all the moms here that have been faithful, all the moms that are, all the moms that have joy in their heart for their children. And we just we, let's just pray, and we just want to release the burden of the failure because you're, you weren't, you didn't fail as your mother just because your kids went the wrong direction. You didn't fail. Just hold on, build that ark, be willing to push it away, and then let God guide it. And and give the devil a black eye and enjoy your life. Amen? Amen? Nothing gives the devil more of a black eye than you got stuff going on in your family, your kids, and you can still enjoy your life. Amen? Enjoy your life. Go on vacation. Go down to whatever makes you happy. Go shopping. Go swimming. Go do something that makes you happy. Enjoy your life. Don't just sit home in a dark house. Go find something to do. Go volunteer for Children's Church and say, I want to be a spiritual mama to these kids. Do something. Enjoy your life. Have peace. Put your head down in the pillow at night. And you start to get those thoughts. Say, God, I thank you that you've got my kids in your hands. Have the faith. And then you may not see it when you're here, but after you go, you'll be at the gates greeting them in heaven. Amen. Amen. So let's just pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for every woman, every mother that's here. Father, I thank you that I know that there's some that are heavy this morning because their children aren't. Following you, those children are seemingly out of control. Those grandchildren, great grands. Father, I thank you that by the power of the Holy Spirit, that they just make a conscious. These moms make a decision this morning to be released from the burden of being a failure as a mom. Father, I thank you by the Holy Spirit that you go in and and take those pictures that the devil's been painting of their children's doom, of their children's failure, of their children's mishaps, that the devil's painted the, the, all the bad things that he's done to, to influence the minds of these mothers. Father, that you, by the Holy Spirit, would tear it up, tear them up, Father God. And Lord, that you would just breathe a fresh hope into every mother that's sitting here. Every mother, Father God, that they would have hope that when they build that ark, they wouldn't let doubt sink that ship. But, Father God, that they would be full of faith. Lord, that you would just wrap your arms around each mom that's hurting this morning, each mom where their, their sons and daughters can't be with them today, that you would just wrap your arms around them and just let them know how much you love them, how proud you are of them, Father how many sacrifices that they've made father and that you've seen it father we just release by the holy spirit each one and lord we purpose for those of us who have had children that are out we purpose that we're going to live our life and have joy the joy of the lord is our strength lord the joy the purpose father god and lord help us to be a blessing to somebody else's children in the journey. Father, we are thanking you that you've given us the privilege of being mothers. Father, and we are thanking you that you you would guide our steps in whatever you would have us to do to help this next generation come up and serve you and love you. Father, that we would be available. And Lord, we just thank you and we give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Hallelujah. Amen. Can we bow our heads before the Lord for just a moment? You know, you may be one of those children that were pushed out under the river, (laughs) but your mom and daddy prayed for you, and they undergird you with prayer. And you may be one of those parents that had to do that, to push them out, and you've been praying for them. But this morning, with nobody looking, I I just want to ask you a question, if you're here. And you would say, Pastor, I used to know the Lord in reality, but for some reason I went a different direction. But you feel the Spirit of God drawing you this morning. We're not going to make a spectacle of you, and we're not going to embarrass you, but... But nobody's looking right now, but if 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 you're here and you just slip up your hand and just say, pray for me. That's what we're going to do is just pray for you this morning. Because that's the step when you acknowledge and you come to the place where you say, Lord, I need you. I need you. I need you. So anybody here this morning say, I'm one of those that strayed, but I want to come back home and just be part of the family of God. We're going to agree with you this morning. Amen. Praise God. Maybe some of your parents there have some children still out there that they need to come back home. Could you lift up your hands and let us just agree with you in prayer tonight, this morning? Amen. There's several. Several. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's do that right now. Let's just believe for those. Let's believe that God can stir their nests, stir their hearts, and just say, praise you, Lord. Amen? Father, you saw, you, you saw the hands of these that have children, or maybe there's some, that, Lord, that just need to make that decision to just make things right themselves. And God, we just lift them to You in the name of Jesus. And thank You that Your Word declares. Praise God that we're free. Well, it's only believe. How many believe that's all that God requires? Only believe all things are possible only up your hand and say, Lord, I believe, Lord, I believe, Lord, I believe, all things are possible, Lord, I
0: believe,
1: Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe all things are possible. Lord, I believe. Father, we thank You. We praise You. We release our faith into what Your Word declares. And Lord, we receive the results of that Word. Lord, we're going to leave here knowing with confidence